The next stop is Knickerbocker Avenue. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's Fortune 500. Uh-huh. I burn his production. That's right. And we rubbing for the New Let's York Knicks. Live from the garden, the Knicks game starting. The blue and the orange, the best five starting. Regardless if it's close or a large margin. We hungry for a win. The fan base starving. Bounding, astounded. Dishing and we swishing. We run the whole city. Ain't no competition. From Patrick to Willis. Frazier to Strickland. The next generation. We carry on tradition. Year after year. Season after season, yeah. arena full of fans, screaming out defense, playoff intensity, got our hearts beating, the sneakers keep squeaking, hear the heart breathing, Ooh. swishing through the net, yeah. players take flight, flight. vibing with the vets, the coaches need a fight, head them with attack, the players about to fight, yeah. it's all about respect, ain't taking any slight, no. a piece of the apple, about to take a bite, bite. about to take a ride, up to new heights, this is our year, the future real bright, right. shining real bright like the New York City lights. The Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum on the Bleed Blue Show. Welcome, welcome, everybody, and thank you for downloading the Bleed Blue Show. This is the Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum, the four for the fans. I'm your boy, the infamous one himself, Knickerbocker Ave, and I don't know if I'm joined with anybody. Steve, are you there? No, I'm not here, man. <laughs> no, I'm nah. here, man. What's up, man? How you doing? What's good, bro? What's How you good? doing, man? Not last night, not last night, absolutely. And, um, you know, since since we last um, convened here on the Knickerbocker Fan Forum, thank you for downloading folks uh, 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 to our listeners and the stakeholders uh, on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and no, I'm forgetting any. Oh, of course, Block Talk Radio. But since we last convened here, um, the Knicks have gone two and one, uh, you know, Following our last session, um, they, they took out the, the Detroit Pistons, which is big surprise. Um, the Pistons are just, are, are, you know, they're just still um, years away from from being of any kind of anything. Uh, and then you know, follow that up with a road win in Toronto, one nineteen to one hundred six against the Raptors. Um, that, that I don't know about you, Steve, but that game felt really good to you know, you know. To, to kind of get over the hump, considering that Toronto, you know, his, historically has had our number. No, we're we're past Toronto at this point. It's about Milwaukee for me. I mean, we're here tonight, obviously every Wednesday. Knickerbocker Avenue fan phone, whether we have post games or not. The Knicks have to, got to find a way to beat Milwaukee, and that's the number one question I have tonight for you. Don's with us. We can talk about it. Toronto is not a threat no more. Well. They were once a threat. They're still trying to find their way. They lost a lot of the core that used to beat us, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Fred Van Vliet. They had one uh, a year stint with Kawhi. That's, they're a shell of themselves. Even though they still got some nice pieces, the Knicks are way better than the Raptors at this point. Right now, for me, how do you figure out Milwaukee? It feels like they have our number. Well, 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 we'll get into that. And like as you said, we have live and Dom with us, guys. How you guys doing? We have we have some things to discuss. Dom, how you doing? It, it's just Dom right now, but yeah, what's up, Dom? Good evening, good evening, gentlemen. Let's roll. 
All right. So, um, as, as as mentioned last night's, um, you know, it's Wednesday night. So last night, the, the New York Knicks did play in the quali- in the quarterfinals of the NBA in season tournament, the knockout round, and they fell to the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee, one forty six to one twenty two. I mean, that's a that's a hell of a high score, despite the fact Julius Randle had probably his, 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 the game of his coming out game of the season, forty one points. Um, I mean. How do you stop the Milwaukee Bucks? I don't think that there's an answer for that right now. I don't think you. I don't think you really can, considering that the Milwaukee Bucks, um, the, you know, as currently constructed, and, and, and given the fact that they're all healthy and they're all hitting their stride, I, I, I just honestly feel that you know Milwaukee is just they're in they're in title contention, and and it's pretty evident that they are. Um, the the Knicks, on the other hand. You know, we're still maybe a player or two away. I don't know about you guys. Guys, say this real quick. First and foremost, I got to say this: uh, NBA in-season tournament. I loved it. I don't know how NBA fans across the board feel about it, or it didn't really deep dive. But for me, person, I don't call it personally, but as a fan, I loved it. I love, I love the Boston Indiana game. I, I love the fact that it felt like a. a a pseudo playoff game in Indiana. I don't know if you watched that game, Matt, when Indiana beat Boston. And Indiana, that was a team over the summer. I kept on uh, pandering. No, not pandering. What's it called? Tampering. Tampering for Miles Turner from Mitch. Remember, I've been always been harping about that. They're not getting. They're not the way they're playing. They're not. They're not. They're not dealing him away. So that's that's a, that ship is sailed. Indiana is probably a is definitely a threat for a playoff contention. Now, let me just put that around the league to the side. But as far as the Knicks, this is what I don't get from last night, Av. The Knicks were, what, 70, what, down three or two or something like that at the half? My problem with the Knicks last night is what I had with a problem last year when they tried to up pace. The Knicks are not an up-and-down team with pace. Yeah, they can score, but pace-wise – they tried to outscore teams last year and did not work, i.e. Philadelphia, i.e. the game with Oklahoma City last year at the Garden. They There's a throttle threshold for the Knicks where I don't think they're able to keep up with teams if they're trying to go the first one to 150. That's just not the Knicks style. The Knicks, Don reads you the stats every week. The Knicks, as well as they can score, they have been a good defensive team. So why did they not slow the game down last night? I don't understand that. I, don't, I really don't want – I don't get the, the game plan from that aspect. Why did they not slow the game down? Milwaukee was on fire last night with the – I mean, they were shoot, they shot 60%. They shot like uh, – they, they made three times the triples the Knicks made last night. Three times. So you can't slow the game down for that? I, I just don't understand the game plan from Tom Thibodeau. What were they thinking? It doesn't make sense to me, man. I, it doesn't. It, it, make it sense absolutely at all. doesn't. It absolutely doesn't because um, you're absolutely right. The Knicks are not an up and down, run and gun kind of team. You know, can they run? Sure, they can run the fast break every now and then, but they're, they're traditionally a slow, methodical half court set team. And for them to try to play a, an up and down tempo game. In a Tom Thibodeau, you know, like system with Tom Thibodeau type players, is kind of hard to do that. I mean, you could probably get away with it with, you know, when you play a, a, a Detroit or you play a Charlotte, you know, maybe you, you can get the favorable matchup. But when you have guys literally 
almost they, they got you in size in almost every position. They got you in, in, in somewhat of speed, and every one of them can hit the outside shot. Why not, I don't know, stick them? Instead of trying to match them shot for shot, why don't you try to, to slow the game down and be the methodical team that you have been with everybody else? Like, and Don has, has said this over and over again throughout this whole season. The Knicks will beat up on the teams you're supposed to be, and they'll play their style of game, and they'll, and they'll slow the tempo down, and they'll, and they'll hold opponents you know, to well below their season average. But for some reason, against Milwaukee, and sometimes even against Boston, and like you, and, and as you just alluded to, the game against Oklahoma City last year, you know, all, all up and down against Philadelphia. If you're trying to match speed, you know, the score potential, you know, with any of these teams, the Knicks are going to lose. Not because they can't score the game, the ball. It's just that that's not their style. They're not a hurry up offense. They're a slow, methodical, very calculating and a, 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 a bully type offense, offense and defense. But Dom, you're the man with the numbers. Make sense of it if you can. Well, the, the the one good thing, like when you talk about the pace last night, that that's a strange that's a strange uh, a strange way to look at it because you had to at least try to keep up. Because at the end of the day, guys, Milwaukee shot ninety one times and Nick shot eighty seven times. But the the what the hell? How the hell could this ever happen again has to come to mind. When's the last time you've seen a team shoot 60% from two, 61% from three? When's the last time the Knicks gave up 146 points? I can answer that question real quick. 44 years ago. So the sad thing, with to, going back to what Steve said with the Bucks, last five years, guys, alarming. We're three and 14 against the Bucks. Three and 14. You got to figure them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somehow, some way, and I I can't look at last night because I was too invested in last night, and it had nothing to do with Mr. Live Sippy Cup. It had everything to do with what I've been saying week after week on this show. we got to beat a quality team. I thought the mm-hmm. way the Knicks were playing, the, the role they was on, this was our night to beat a quality team. Now, remember that, guys. If you watch the, mm-hmm. If you watched the game last night, it was sometime in the third quarter. The Knicks mm-hmm. got down by nine. That yep. made me start checking numbers. We were down by nine. Julius Randle was 12 for 12. Everybody else was building fucking condos in Milwaukee. R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel Quickly. So everything that could go wrong went wrong. Not only did Milwaukee shoot the lights out, Everything went wrong for the Knicks, offensively, defensively. When's the last time a team out-rebounded the Knicks? The Knicks only won three categ- two categories last night, guys. That's the only – I hate to say this, guys. That's the only saving grace I have in such an ugly loss because normally the Knicks will not beat you at the free throw line. That was one category they had. And, of course, yeah. they were tied in offensive rebounds. Mm-hmm. They got smoked in. Straight up smoke. Normally we out rebound the team. We normally out out offensive rebound them, and we normally hold the team by by numbers, guys, not by Dominic. By numbers, we're still at 107 points against per night, and there's only two teams above us in the plus or minus, guys. So there there there's a lot to take into 
But the only thing that pissed me off, guys, is what I said last week before we left. I don't give two. It's about the sippy cup. I just need the Knicks to beat a quality team, and I kept pointing to this game with Milwaukee. This should have. I mean, I know it's still early in the season, guys, but since we've only beat three quality opponents, I was kind of looking at last night as this. This could be our turning point, especially knowing the numbers I just gave y'all, three and fourteen over the last five years. This was our opportunity to say, you know what? They're they're not that good, guys. And when you look at Milwaukee, who giving up 118 points a night, nowhere near the Knicks. That's 11 more points than that's 11 more points than what the Knicks give up. Again, what's the chances of somebody scoring 146 points against them? And nobody on the Bucks lights out. Uh, Damian Lillard wasn't your typical game time, whatever they call that shit. We, we just got smoked, guys, like straight up slapped in your face and you had no answer. And then when you look at the final numbers, the final numbers were very skewed because all of a sudden Brunson and RJ shooting didn't look as bad as it looked. But it did. Because, again, when Julius Randle was 12 for 12 and we were only down nine, RJ Barrett was three for 13. I think Brunson was like two for 12 while he was carrying them with this guy, for Julius Randle to play the game he played last night and get zero help, that's the reason we lost by that many points. You can say what you want about pace. The sky is falling. You got your star player getting 41-6-5, and and you lose by 22, give up 146 points. That means a whole lot of people on that team played like shit. And it was a shame to see it because normally Randle is the guy to take the beating. Julius, fire two, the whole nine yards. But when he has a great game like he did last night, nobody showed up, guys. Nobody. So, on that note, like I said, guys, I'm going to take some solace and think of the things that could probably never happen again. Us giving up 146 points, them shooting 60 or 61% from the field. I don't never see that happening against us again. So, on that note, I want to hear what Live has to say. No, well, live's not here with I, us. Go ahead, Dom. Uh, go ahead, um, uh, I, I do oh, have man. a follow-up question to you. Yeah, he's not here yet. Live is all late. But, Dom, here's the follow-up <laughs> question, because, because, because you touched on it, the fact that Julius Randle had one of his best games, definitely his best game of the season thus far. And, you know, he, he still performed. But the Randle haters... You know, and, and a lot of them know who they are. Some of them are listening. Some of them, you know, are you know they just they just tweet all day. Will tell you that despite the fact that that Randall hit hit the forty one, it was because of the fact that the ball had to go through Randall that R J and Brunson had their bad games and Grimes is not getting his shots. I mean, this is the nonsense that gets spread that gets spread on the on the Twitterverse. What do you say to that? I say the same thing I say to them fools all the time because I don't bite my tongue because 90% of them are stuck on, I don't care if Av scores 50 points a night. I've got to show up in the playoffs. They fail to realize that without Steve and Av doing this shit during the year, we might not be in the playoffs. Let's keep it a buck. But nobody wants to look because, again, I like Julius Randle, but I'm a Knicks fan. So I can look at that shit subconsciously and say, you know what? Av didn't play good last night. Av is R.J. Barrett. How many, how many of the, the squirming fools thought R.J. Barrett 
was going to shoot 40% from the field and 50% from three, all that shit's coming back now, ain't it? Because he is what he is. 90% of the time, you are what your numbers say you are. Yeah, you'll have a hot streak, but you are who you are. And (laughs) guess what? They were who they were last night. When he didn't get zero help, what can you say this morning, guys, except, damn, Steve, you busted your ass last night. I'm sorry nobody else showed up. That ain't going to happen, guys. <laughs> but but I'll last night, stand alone. But, always ask but last question. night. I'll ask the question. But, what, Nick, what Nick have y'all known that was hated this much? Well, well, okay. To be honest, Patrick you, Ewing. I'm not, well, I'll go ahead, Ash. I think I, what Nick is is that has been hated like this this much. I mean, the only two people that come that come to comparison are Carmelo Anthony and and Patrick Ewing because they were the two figure point figureheads and you know the perennial all stars on the team. And when the team failed, it was their fault despite their best efforts. But even with that, with Carmelo. Carmelo had a cult following. Randall will never have. No matter how much people might have bashed Melo, he still had this unimaginable cult following. We had an out for him every turn. At every turn, we had an out for Melo. I just, to me, God, only me, I've never seen somebody take. So we're, we're into body language now, guys. Body language, like who the fuck is a body language? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta interject. I gotta interject real quick because I think there's not often on this show I am in disagreement with where you guys are going with what happened with last night. I gotta say this, man, because I'm not in that space where fans are killing Randall all day. I'm I'm just not because I don't think Randall was the issue. I just think the issue, and this, I, I don't think I ever even said this since he became the head coach. I got to put it on Tom Thibodeau last night, guys. And, and, and I referenced the Philadelphia game from last year. I referenced the OKC game from last year. Because those games in particular, I remember talking about those episodes about a year ago when we lost to them, gave up 145 to OKC in particular. Philadelphia, the first game, I think it was, I don't think it was Thanksgiving. It may have been the Christmas game. The, the Knicks have shown that when you try to go 140, 150 plus points, they don't win versus teams that have the ability to score like they do. That's just not their game. I, 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 it's a different sport. Ad, follow me real quick. The reason why the Giants beat the Bills, I know it's a different sport, because they knew they could not outscore the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 25. Yeah, Super Bowl 25. They knew they couldn't outscore. Everybody knew that. The Bills' offense is a track meet. That, that particular roster they negated the roster or the track meet by keeping the offense off the field by slow, methodical second half drives. That's how that coaching has got to come into play. You have to use your personnel to limit or maximize your roster versus the opposing team's roster. If you was to say on any given day, their number one is our be- better than our number one. Giannis Antetokounmpo is better than Julius Randle. That's just being objective. I would. I would argue, okay, as great as Jalen Brunson has been, a hot daily, a Damian Lillard is probably better than Jalen Brunson. That's debatable for the last couple of years because Dame's been kind of injured and Jalen Brunson has been the spark. You could even know, you could even cancel them out. 
But if you look at when the three is on, a Chris Middleton, a hot Chris Middleton is going to be better at a, as a Alfred than R.J. Barrett. We know this. We talked. Dom just read you the numbers of the shooting stats going down because we knew his shooting stats was going to go down because he couldn't keep that up. Okay, I guys get hot. I understand that. But the problem I had, especially with the Knicks, thinking they could be in a trap meet with the Milwaukee Bucks, especially the way, like Dom said, and I said it, shooting 60% from the field and 60% from three who made three times the threes. You have got to slow the game down, Tom Thibodeau. I just, Randall's not the issue. We know that on this show. He's not the issue. Why did you not try to slow down the Milwaukee Bucks, especially with their bench? Malik Beasley was knocking down threes. That whole bench was knocking down threes. How do you not slow Hell, down camp- the game? Hell, campaign almost had a – campaign almost had what we used to call a hashtag inflate, even though it was only 12 points, but just the just the, in the mannerisms and, and, and just well, in the away – and the timing of them all, of all his points, it – I. It, I don't know, man. It's just like I, I, I did, I did say their top three is better than our top three. Let me know if you guys agree or disagree with that. But I would think, agree. on average, our bench is better than their bench. So how does this, like their bench play outplayed our bench offensively? But how do you not slow down the game? That is actually my question to you guys because I don't necessarily have an issue with Randall. Uh, you know, Don was right. They, they shot well from the free throw line. But they were on fire. How do you not slow the game down, Tom Thibodeau? And normally, I've never gotten on the coach on the show. It's rare since he's been become the head coach. How do you? Why would you try to outscore the Milwaukee Bucks? That's not your thing. That's not your. We show we we seen the games last year. It doesn't work. And when they started slowing it down, they started winning. Like what were we doing? I think that a lot of the times, Tom Thibodeau. Um, when he gets, you know, when he gets up for, you know, for a, you know, for a perennial opponent, you know, you know, one that's in, in what we consider title contention, he tries to, you know, he tries to do different things, and he steers away from the things that make him successful. Um, and he he's done this pretty much in everywhere he's been. He did this, he did this in Chicago, he did this in Minnesota, and he's doing it here in New York. I don't know why he does that. I don't know why he thought that he can match he can match them you know point for point when really his strongest suit and it always has been it's the it's the one reason he's even here is to is to stop the points from coming in. Now I'm not saying that we should have automatically won that game. I mean it would have been nice to, but if if we would have lost 111 to, you know, to 107, I would like, okay. You know, if it's similar to the first um, um, Sippy Cup um, qualifier game that we had against right, them. Right, right. Exactly, then, exactly. Then, then you could understand. So, all right, look, sometimes, these, these, you know, you're going to have games like this where, you know, the other team is just going to is going um, execute plays down the stretch that are going to give them the victory. That's understandable. Because that's the NBA. Yep. That's, why, that's why we play 82 games. But – in, you know, to what you were saying, Steve, it makes no sense to try to go point for point with three all-stars versus, let's, let's not mix words here, you know, the Knicks still have the mid-three. I mean, they used to call them the mid-three all, all of last season and the, and, the, and the year before that. It's still very true. Julius Randle is, he might be an all-star, but he's not a perennial all-star like you know, along the levels of what Carmelo Anthony used to be, or Patrick Ewing used to be, he, he's not on Giannis's level, like you just said. Uh, um, 
Brunson is nice, but he's nowhere. But he's nowhere near in the same level as as Damian Lillard. And whoa, whoa, finally, whoa, whoa, are you sure about that? I, I, I would. I would. I don't I, think I mean, so. Think, it's, it's not like it's, it's, it's not that far off, though. I think Jalen Brunson is on yeah, it's not that. It's absolutely not that far off, and, and statistically speaking, they're not far off either. But let's be realistic. The name, in name value, it's 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 a whole different ball game because I mean everybody knows who Damian Lillard is, his Dame time, all that stuff. They don't know who Jalen Brunson is. He's still he, he's well, who, still who, escalating. Who's that? We mean that. We mean we mean who they don't know who Jalen Brunson. Who are you talking about? The, the the casual contemporary fan that you know that's not playing fantasy basketball right now on Yahoo Sports. Uh, I mean that guy. You know they may that have heard of Jalen Brunson because Dom. Let me ask. Let's ask Dom. Dom, how far of a gap are we talking about quality of player at their point of their careers right now? Damian Lillard, the Jalen Brunson. I don't think it's that far at all. I think it's pretty close. It's probably closer between. If you was to co- compare the top three players, Dom and Adam, let me get. I, I would really love to hear your opinion. I think Giannis Antetokounmpo is a couple of notches or better than Randall. That's easy. That's probably the easiest to do. But if you go to the, the next, the two, the Robins, Brunson and, and Lillard are probably closer than what Middleton and Barrett is, or Antetokounmpo and Randall is. What, what, what do you think about that, Dom? And I, what? It, with the, the numbers, the numbers say again. I'm a numbers guy. Lillard got him by point like six in scoring, but he has. See, I didn't even look at the numbers. Point, <laughs> yeah, he has a one point something advantage in assists, and again, that could be attributed to and a bigger offensive juggernaut as Milwaukee. I mean, we could break down player for player. Or we could just go to the to the straight up video and say he's averaging almost I think he's averaging let's say six assists. But Milwaukee's scoring 122 points a night. Brunson is averaging 5.6, but the Knicks are only averaging 111 points a night. So there there could lie your discrepancy. And it, and again, Steve broke it down. A Teddy Combo versus Randall. Of course, Nod goes to the Greek freak, but. Even those numbers are closer than some might imagine. Mm. To me, guys, it's always going to be that third wheel. Because mm-hmm. even with Middleton playing not like Chris Middleton, I still believe he's better than R.J. Barrett. On I, one I way, would agree. He's better than R.J. Barrett. I, I, I would, I would, yeah, especially the way we know he could score. Because we've seen Middleton in his history when Greek Freak was out. Him actually taking them to the next uh, around in the playoffs when they beat the Hawks, when he was by himself, remember they he, right. he kind of ended that series. He has that on his resume where RJ Barrett doesn't. So I would definitely put like when they're on their game and they're healthy. Middleton is the more reliable shooter. He's he, he's exactly what they need. He's he's a shooter. He's a, a, a real and shooter. He's, the shooter and he's only RJ, averaging right. eleven and a half points a night right now. But we know oh, who he right. is. He, right. he could, Chris Middleton can average twelve a night. Because we know he's coming back from injuries. We know he's right. going to average more than 12 a night. Where right. some people got high thinking R.J. Barrett was actually going to shoot 50% from three after six, after six games. Now, if that, was, if that was Middleton hovering about 47, 48% from three, we'd be like, yeah, yeah, he's a shooter. We, we know he's a shooter. 
we all know R.J. Barrett is not that guy. I hate to keep saying that, guys. He is not that guy. Hence the reason, like I say every week, we went but above and beyond the call of duty to find us a two. We drafted a two at number three in the draft. That was never going to be a two. So we've spent a numerous money players to try to get us a two, either to start, to come off the bench, because he's never going to be a two. Guys. I don't care what any but crazy I think fan says. I, I think there's more to this, well, though. But I definitely want to get out of thoughts as well. No, because last night you got no production. I, I get what you're saying about RJ and we're comparing to Middleton, we're, and we're in agreement. But even beyond those three, the top three, Grimes gave you nothing offensively. Mitch gave you oh. nothing offensively. And oh. that's an issue. That's been an issue. We've been saying this. So, uh, Ab, can you, what are your thoughts on the top three? We, uh, you know, you know, Greek Free versus Randall or, 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 or RJ versus uh, Middleton? Well, I, 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 was do, I was actually running the numbers really quick as, as much as I can. And, and, and yeah, that, that, definitely in last night's game, you saw no – you haven't gotten any production from, from Quentin Grimes really in, in almost two and a half, almost three weeks now. So that's nothing new. But for, for, for Robinson – the fact that you know that he was basically out of position pretty much the entire game didn't get you know didn't dominate the board like like he usually because I'm not I I mean I already know he's not, the most he's going to score is, is six to eight points and that's mostly on dunks or you know or putbacks um, and and he'll probably go to the line at least four times make two uh, make a minimal of two and then you know that's pretty much all the offense you're going to get. But you didn't really get get a lot from you know from anyone else. That that was the crazy part. Like you know you're going down the stat line and you, you start to you, you I mean you really didn't you got nothing from uh, you got four points from Hard Hardenstein. You got nothing from Sims. He played only three minutes. McBride gave you three gave you two minutes. He scored three points. Josh Hart he he scores his usual eleven. DiVincenzo didn't have a great shooting night. Uh, quickly didn't have a great shooting night. So, so it's like. Where was where we lost? That's where we lost, and and and, and it's kind of crazy because you know you were talking about how you know the ball sticks between you know our mid three, our you know with Brunson, with Randall, with RJ, and then quickly usually gets you know you know whatever's left, and then there's really no more shots. As Dom keeps on you know hitting hitting us with those numbers, why is that? I mean. I don't. I mean, if if we're going to try to you know to, to you know to hit 150 points, which I don't recommend we keep on doing, but if let's say we were trying to really do that last night, try to match them shot for shot, shouldn't there be enough shots going around for them as well, so that way they can no, also no. you know contribute? But yes no. you're not going to get that. Yes no, no. no. I, but, I think I I think you're missing the point on why we lost to Milwaukee, or a little bit because. Brooke Lopez only had nine points, and his nine points was more than yeah. Grimes and Mitch combined. That's unacceptable, dude. Nine points? Two starters couldn't get you nine points total? Like, really? Yeah. And like you said, yeah, Mitch only had four rebounds. That means they're not stopping people in the half court so he could get his 10 to 12 rebounds. Mitch, if Mitch is not going to score, like, like we all can agree, he's not a scorer, and that's his – Achilles heel, and he's got to at least defend and block. He's not. He didn't even do that last night. Like, how are you going to beat Milwaukee if you can't even get double digit rebounds from Mitch? That's a that's a starting kit 
just to be in the conversation to beat the Bucks. He has got to get at least in the twelve boards against them. And that was a difference, and, and that was really the difference between the first between the two games that we had with Milwaukee. Because at least in the, in, the, in the previous game against Milwaukee, uh-huh. Mitch did continue because he did have double digit re- rebounds, and he and and the Knicks played more of their style. I mean, right, right. again. We we're we're not gonna win every single game even play, even playing to our best. Sometimes you're gonna lose regardless. But when you're playing your style, you you at least you know give yourself the you know that boxer's fighter's chance. You, you right. Know, if, exactly. you're gonna, if, you're, if you're playing out of character, not a pocket like that, that's you know that's a recipe for disaster, especially when you don't have the personnel to do that anyway. But but guys, agree. we gotta look at we gotta look at one thing, especially being being that the Knicks were only out rebounded by one rebound last night. We also gotta say that's a holy shit in itself. Because the Knicks shouldn't have got that many rebounds when somebody's shooting sixty and sixty one percent from the field, there ain't that many rebounds available. But to Steve's point, and we've been saying this for five years, guys, think about what you just said, Steve, with last night. Normally, normally, Brooke Lopez would have kept Robinson on the perimeter, knocking down threes. He didn't do that last night. I think he only hit one three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, one for four from three-point land. So, Mitch didn't get beat on the perimeter like he normally does with a shooting center. But, again, guys, I can't get this out of my head. When a team shoots 60.4 and 60.5 from the field, that shit is not going to end well. I don't care what pace you're playing, who you're playing, who ain't doing this and that. You'd have to have almost a perfect game to beat a team shooting like that. Now, we could, of course, we could say coach adjustments, but I always go back to guys, maybe because it's my military background, that there are certain things that are individual tasks. You, Steve, you, Av, you have a man you should be checking. It ain't like Milwaukee was running pick and pops all night. They were just shooting your lights out. So that means nobody was in somebody's face. You got to sometimes you just got to keep it a buck and quickly shooting one for seven. Here's the thing, guys, when y'all talk about what the coach should have did and how we should have adjusted. Like I said, it was the third quarter. The Knicks were down by nine. Then it was 12. Then it was 13. Mm-hmm. Then it was 15. Mm-hmm. Now you're playing catch-up. So now you can't continue to do that. What are the Knicks average? 17.9 seconds per possession. You're down by 15 points now. Now you're feeling the pressure of catching up. Or this is going to get out of hand quick. By you trying to catch up, it really got out of hand quick. Because they shot the lights out. you you got to say, guys, let's be honest. Milwaukee is not even in probably the top ten in the Eastern Conference in points against. They just, they just played one hell of a game, guys. And it, it all surrounded around their field goals and three-point percentage. They put the Knicks in such a bad position where after like, might have been like seven, eight minutes left in the third quarter, we were on our heels. And we're thinking, man, we either put our tail between our legs or we're going to do some fast-paced shit to try to catch up. And and neither worked. You know, we, we would have looked back and said, kept that pace up, got smoked. Why didn't they do? Why couldn't they try? It, it, it was always going to be that if and and, guys. But when you look at the way these guys shot last night, 
come on, man. That that was some incredible stuff. Serious. I don't think I ever seen a team shoot sixty and sixty fielding from three. That's just me. It's probably happened. Don't get me wrong. I just can't remember the last time I seen some shit like this, guys. And again, guys, look at the next numbers. If I'm not mistaken, we average possession is seventeen point nine seconds. Right to you guys' point about the slow, methodical, old Memphis Grizzlies grinding, you know, the grind keys. We, we've been doing that, and we've been semi-successful doing it. But when you get down by 15 and 16, and look at some of the shots the Knicks took last night, guys. Let's just try to think about that, too. When we got down, like I said, Brunson and RJ, and, and, and they built a whole development in Milwaukee last night. I don't care what their end numbers were. When the game was supposed to be intact, when, when Randall was 12 for 12 and y'all was throwing shit off the side of the building, that's how the game got out of hand. That's what forced our pace to get picked up. And at the end of the day, we still lost by, what, 22 points? Embarrassing, guys. That's the only thing I could say. I don't mean to get winded, but that shit was just embarrassing. To get down that far, these guys shoot that well, and you had no answer. Well, well. with that being said, guys, let's look at the schedule ahead. Um, you know, now that the Knicks are eliminated from the NBA in-season tournament, um, you know, no more sippy cup, you know, none of that talk. We have, to, we have to look forward, you know, to see what kind of changes they can make because it doesn't get any easier from here. Uh, our first game, Friday night, is in Boston, again, with, the, with, with those Celtics, who's also kind of had our number. And so, Steve, to you first, what do they got to do? What adjustments do they have to make, you know, you know, following that loss to Milwaukee? Now they're playing another Eastern Conference um, uh, heavyweight contender in the Boston Celtics on Friday night. I mean, the Knicks got to be the Knicks. They can't try to do this up and down running gun game. It doesn't work. We, we said this last year it doesn't work. They play got to play the same type of game they played in Boston last year, the games they played in Boston. And the bench has got to show up as well. Uh, they got to make up the production. That's where the Knicks also got beat. They're, they're A.J. Green, Beauchamp, uh, those guys, Campaign, and Portis, made their shots where the Knicks, where the Dante DiVincenzo 7-3 pointers versus the Hornets and teams like that was not showing up on the stat sheet. Uh, but uh, it's a typical Knicks. Knicks got to go to Boston like how they normally have went to Boston last year and, and really play good closeout defense and get up in their grill and slow the game down. Though, though, I don't think they could outscore the, the Celtics either. I think whether Porzingis is in there or not, I think they have better wing athletes, Tatum Brown. Uh, uh, Drew Holiday is always a, a monster as far as defensively on the rock. But um, they – they got to slow down the game. That's just not their pace, man. Because I'm looking at it, what happened in the third quarter. It started around th- 10 minutes left in the, ten- in the third quarter. They were only down five. And after the dunk by Antetokounmpo, uh, the, the, that's when Thibodeau called the timeout. They came out of the timeout. Quentin Grimes, got him. he got to make a shot. They, they came out of the timeout. They went to Quentin Grimes. He's not making the shots. That started the, the rebound by uh, Brooke Lopez. And then Antetokounmpo got fouled, made one or two of his free throws, then Beasley started getting high, and that's when the separation with Don was talking about. Beasley was on fire last night, and he's got that in him. He's got a little bit of streak shot in him, 
Uh, but to answer your question, uh, Ab, and I don't, I don't want to keep on going back to the Milwaukee game, because to me, honestly, this episode is about when we face Milwaukee, how do we beat Milwaukee? I agree with you, Av. The way they played them in the first game, in the, in the, is, that's their approach. That's their best approach based on our personnel, based on who is playing well offensively or defensively. But, it, but to answer your question, as far as playing against Boston, uh, I take it to them like you did the la- uh, those those games in Boston last year. That's how you beat them. You play you, you, Jalen Brunson, your lead dog. He's their closeout. Randall had very had pretty good games, but Rand, uh, Brunson's their closeout. That's how you beat Boston. And I know they're kind of leaving a bad taste on their mouth because I didn't think a lot of people didn't think Indiana was going to beat Boston in that in their playing game. I would love to hear Dom's thoughts on that. Well, with that being said, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, um, Dom, can you what do you say? I mean, because I have a question for both of you, but Dom, I'm going to let you rock first. You know, what do we do to you know to, to beat Boston on Friday night? Just, just what Steve said. Or we, we know we can't do what Indiana did, to Steve's second question. I don't know why I had the funny feeling Indiana was going to beat Boston. But I do have a theory. Guys, call me crazy if you want. I don't think the Celtics will ever win a chip with Dell, with Tatum and Brown. They've tried everything. They, they've flip-flop players, flip-flop this, flip-flop that, but they haven't flip-flop Brown and Tatum. Whereas the Knicks, as much as we bash them, the one thing we can say about the Knicks in the last four years, except that one year they decided to try to get Fournier and Kemba Walker, that we stood consistent with what we have. We built cohesion. We built continuity. We built something. The Celtics have not tried that. They think Brown and Tatum are going to lead them to the promised land. What did us smart players, what did us smart guys on this line say when the Celtics got Porzingis? Same thing everybody says. Well, if he stays healthy, yeah. Where has he been the last few games? <laughs> so I, I'm with Steve. We got to play our game. Somehow, some way, we got to maybe go look at tapes from last year and see mm-hmm. what the hell we were doing against these teams. Though we didn't beat the Bucks, but three times in the last five years, we played them better than we did last night. Would it hurt us, Steve, Ab, to go back and look at some shit we did last year? Because when you look at it, guys, the only difference we have right now, which is actually a blessing with the way Grimes is playing, the only change we have is DiVincenzo. That's it, guys. We didn't upset the whole apple cart. We went and got DiVincenzo. And now the question has to be asked, fellas, I hate to say it, but before we ruin Grimes for the rest of his life, kill him if we put him on the bench. Let him try to get back in his groove playing with the second unit. Because right now he's killing the first unit. And I do understand one thing, guys. When you have three ball-dominant guys like Brunson, Randall, and Barrett, I went over this once before, on an average that's about 60 to 70 shots a night. How many shots is Grimes actually going to get? But the shots you make, you got to hit. So my question is, would it hurt us? We can't think about Grimes' feelings. I don't want to lose this kid for the rest of his career. Would it hurt us if we just said, you know what? You're going to rock with the second unit. DiVincenzo, you're going to start. Would, would that be such a bad idea, fellas? Because right now, guys, he ain't giving us jack. And Av brought it up. And it's been longer than what Ab said. Ab said he hasn't been playing good the last couple of games. Dude hasn't been playing well probably the whole year. 
probably had one or two good games, guys, and the rest have been. Uh, I hate to say it because I like him. And the crazy thing, and the crazy thing you're saying about Grimes, one of the two games he had this year was the other Milwaukee game we played. That was his, I think, his better game this year. That first Milwaukee playing game. Outside yeah, of that, he did. He, and maybe the Atlanta game. I think those are the only two that I could think of, and that they were like world beaters. Answer your question, Dom. We got DiVincenzo for a reason, man. I don't see why not. Like, DiVincenzo is a guy, you he's, he you put him, whether he starts or whether he comes off the bench, he's going to be the DiVincenzo. Where Grimes, you got to build his confidence back up. Build it back up with the second unit. We we, we know what the Knicks are versus these mediocre teams. I, I think this is where you, you could probably start that. I, I agree with you, Don. I'm with it. Right. What do I, what do I always say, Steve? Uh, can shoot. And again, yeah. I'm gonna close it, but I don't want to. I don't want to see this kid get ruined forever. Right now, I know his psyche got to be shot. Yeah, I would come off the bench at this point. Yeah, yeah I think that, we should have might save him. It that might actually, save that him was save us. That that's exactly was going to be my follow-up question to the both of you. Is, is that you know is it now time to consider to you know to to probably start someone else other than Quentin Grimes because Quentin Grimes, it's just, I mean, it, it's, we are going to lose him. We're going to, at this rate, he's going to, he's going to fall by the wayside and, 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 you know, um, his contract is going to be coming up. The Knicks are going to probably get the, you know, really sit there and evaluate whether or not they're going to, you know, re-sign him or, you know, or, and, and you know, give him what he's going to, what he's going to be happy with because, um, Considering that quickly he's already, you know, talking about getting a max, and you know, a, a lot of the Knicks fans are also considering that. It's like, oh, he deserves 120 million on this, that, and third. And mm-hmm. let's say he does. Let's say he does. Let's say he does. Let's say he gets it, or something along that ballpark. Then what do you do with Grimes? Because are you going to try to extend him too, or do you consider, or are you going to lowball him? Right. Because when, because that's the because that's the reality. That's the reality that we have to face. Dude, you, you, it's too early to be talking that stuff, man. Let me tell you something. Let me say something real quick. It's too early to be talking that stuff. I'm going to say this because if Quigley is demanding about getting paid, last night was a kind of a little bit of a mm. hurt to that argument. <laughs> if you're talking big money, you got to show up in a game like that. There's two teams, in my opinion, in the in-season tournament that had a little something to prove, whether they won Sippy Cups or not. It was the New York Knicks and the Sacramento Kings. In my opinion, those two teams kind of needed to build that uh, aura or confidence to get to that next round in Vegas, because those are two teams that, to me, are kind of like in the same position in opposite conferences where they needed to take the next step to show that they arrived, whether you guys believe in the Sippy Cup or not. To me, Sacramento had to show, after losing to the Warriors, they had to get show some progress, in my opinion, even if it was an in-season tournament. Same thing with the Knicks after losing to Miami. Milwaukee is in the way. They had To me, they had to show they were ready to take the next step, and last night it, it, it proved it, and to say quickly and Grimes get the contract. Let, let them produce against the teams that they need to beat first before we mm. talk about Matt's contract on December 6th. Right. No, 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 no. I'm just pointing out to the fact that, that, you know, this is the scuttlebutt. This is the, you know, the, 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 the discussions because – of course, all the Twitterverse people, you know, who, you know, who I'm trying to ignore all the time, but they're always hitting up my feeds. 
will they will give you they'll give you you know all these all these statistics about guys like quickly guys like Grimes and of course you know the the, the, the continuing love affair with you know with guys like Ovi Toppin or Cam Reddish and I just can't sit here because I, I don't know. I can't sit there and just keep on reading more and more posts about guys that are not on this team anymore and young guys that just are not developing to be the players that, you know, you, you know, to, to, to kind of be almost like, like, I don't know, like homegrown icons that, you know, the, you know, when you think of the Knicks, there are certain players you think of when you think about certain eras and, you know, I would love to consider Quentin Grimes and Emmanuel quickly to be among them, especially for this era. But unfortunately, I can't look at them the same way as I would look at John Starks in the 90s. You get what I'm saying? I don't look at them that way. I see them as guys that, you know, that can be they, – they can definitely ascend to that throne, but they're not there yet. And for them to even fathom the idea that you can get $100 million – you know, it's some form of a, a max extension of any kind. Even if we, even if it is December sixth, it, it matters not. These conversations are being had, and I'm just, you know, listening to them. And I'm what like, is that, what, is, I don't, what does all that matter if you can't beat Milwaukee? What does all that matter if you can't beat the Bucks? I mean, I don't understand um, the logic in those conversations. It doesn't make sense. Well, to me. It, it, I, it, it never made sense to me either. However, when you're in the same in the same space of you know of Nick's fandom, and these conversations are had, are being had, and and you just listen to the conversations as they as they happen in real time. You start to think to yourself, are these guys Nick fans or are they the player fans? Which is a huge difference between us and a lot of other podcasts. We're, you know, we don't follow the players; we stick to the team. Since you know a lot of this generation is you know into that fantasy stuff, and they're into just sticking to the player, and you know oh I really like this player, he has a lot of potential, this that and the third, and they're banking on potential as opposed to banking on the actual results, and that's and that's always been my argument as to why Julius Randle is not the problem, and maybe the problem is something else, but I digress, I, I, but. You know, to answer my own question, I, I didn't even answer my own question. I agree with you, Steve. I think the Knicks have to come into come into Boston to, on Friday night. They have to play their game, and you got to get production from that bench. It cannot just only be quickly. And honestly, starting DiVincenzo or quickly would probably be a, a, an improvement because I think that Quentin Grimes um, is completely lost in the shuffle and. Um, I don't know if splitting time with quickly, you know, on that second unit and unit will help him. But anything is better. Anything is better than what he's producing right now because it's been more than three, four weeks since the last Quentin Grimes game that I can say, okay, he had a good game. It's been a while. Yeah, he. We we. I I wouldn't do the quickly. What Steve said is right. You know, you you want this hundred twenty five million, and you can't show up at one of the biggest games. You might want to reevaluate that. Either that, or you're going to be trade bait at the trade deadline. And I wouldn't be surprised if that happened, because there's a reason we got DiVincenzo and Hart. That being said, guys, this could be our toughest month of basketball. 
the schedule of this year. If y'all look at the schedule, who we're playing and where we're playing, we're going out west real quick. And there's some – maybe Utah. There's some doozy. Probably – if y'all looked at the schedule yet, but it's going to be a rough go, guys. Yeah, as Dominic, as Dominic alluded to, um, you know, we do have the Friday night game against the Boston Celtics, then we're home for Toronto, then we head out west for Utah, Phoenix, the Clippers, the Lakers, and then um, we're we're back in the city against the Brooklyn Nets on the 20th, and then on the 23rd, we have the rematch with the Milwaukee Bucks, because we played them twice, 23rd and the 25th, both at Madison Square Garden. Um, and then the Oklahoma City Thunder in Orlando and then in Indiana. That's to close out the month of December. Yeah, it's mm. that's going to be a tough go around. Um, and this will really show you whether the Knicks are just going to be an above 500 team and barely get into the playoffs as, as a five or six team. Or are they going to ascend to the, you know, to, to the higher echelon of Eastern Conference and, and try to go for the fourth, you know, the top four spots? Um, Steve, I'm going to go to you. Um, you know, we're going to look at the whole schedule, but this schedule: Utah, Phoenix, Clippers, Lakers, Nets, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Oklahoma City, Orlando, and Indiana. How do you see we faring against you guys? If the Knicks play their game, they'll be fine. I just think I don't understand why they did what they did last night, just like they did last December, where you losing games, trying to outscore teams. You can't outscore teams trying to go to 150 when Quentin Grimes gives you two points and Mitch Robinson gives you two points. That, mathematically, that just does not make sense. Like the kids say, the math is not mathing. There's no fucking way you could get that 150 points where two of your starters can't get four points. Like that, it just doesn't happen, guys. It just it just makes no sense. If they play their game, they'll be fine through the stretch. I'm not. I don't fear none of these teams. The only team, honestly, I worry about is the team you mentioned on Christmas and the day before Christmas. Milwaukee. It's really all about Milwaukee because they. You said the record. They have our number. How do you fix that? Like we're like not to go on a tangent, Av, and I, I understand what you're saying about what other Nick fans are saying, and I respectfully disagree. Worrying about contracts on December the sixth, that 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 conversation is so light years ahead of me. I'm not even thinking about that right now. To me, the the Knicks had a pseudo playoff game last night, and they had a I give them a a, a D plus for 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 uh, for a game plan. What the fuck were they thinking? They, that was like, it's just mind-blowing watching it, despite what Dom said, because when teams get out, there's some things you can't do, but I also agree with you more so. The style of play keeps you in certain games or fights, and that and that's how they had a chance the first time they went to Milwaukee on November the 3rd. I, 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 it has been a while since I got pissed off at a Nick game than last night. Outside of the students, you can't do nothing that, but there's other ways you can neutralize that with your skill set. And the Knicks drop the fucking ball, man. I think they'll be fine throughout the stretch. I think I've seen enough sample of games that if they play their game, they'll be fine. It's Milwaukee for me, man. I, I got to see how they play against that team. Everybody else, I'm all right. I'm, I'm cool. All right. No, that's a fair assessment. Dom, do you want to play Domster Domus for us looking at this road trip and looking at the schedule? I'm hoping that with the stretch you mentioned, not the whole month, before we come back to Brooklyn, 
we can get at least four wins. Mm-hmm. I agree. We can. I'm not talking about us playing Toronto and Boston. I'm talking about after Toronto and we head west, hoping we can walk away with at least three, four wins. Mm-hmm. We 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 it's gotta possible. stay, guys. We 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 gotta try to stay through this month. We we gotta come out of December, five to six games above five hundred. Mm-hmm. Then I'm then I'm back to being, you know what? Five to storm. Weather the storm. Because guess what, guys? We're gonna get another break. Come All Star break. I will say this, though, Steve. The one good thing the Sippy Cup did gave everybody a break because everybody that didn't go into the knockout rounds got about three to four games off. Everybody should be well-rested. Mm-hmm. They should be well-rested. We'll get another good rest in the All-Star game because they give you about six weeks off. So come, come February 1st, guys, is when I'm real. I'm not that Christmas guy. I don't think the season starts. Come come. February, mid-January, 1st February, that's where I know we're, where we're going to be. Downhill from there. But, again, guys, we got to come out of this month five to seven games above 500. And we're four games above right now, if I'm not mistaken. We are. Weather this storm, mm-hmm. come out five to seven games above 500. You all right? Because guess what, guys? These other teams got to go do the same shit we're doing. They got to go west. I will say this, guys, that one thing that is pissing me off, mm-hmm. I think the Knicks have had too many back-to-backs. It's the manner in which we've had these back-to-backs. We have not had a back-to-back where we played at the Garden and somebody came in the next day. We've had a game at home and had to travel to New Orleans. A game in Charlotte, had to travel to Buffalo. We have not had a back-to-back where we stood where the hell we were at the first game. That shit's getting a little be that's getting to be a little nerve wracking for me, guys. I'm not studying the whole league. I'm just thinking about the Knicks and what we've been doing with all these back to back and the way they've been doing it. No, that, that don't sit well with me. And you yeah. know what, guys? We, we sort of we kind of weathered that too. I think they got the back to back Phoenix in at. L.A. They got a back to back Phoenix in L.A. So I would kind of think, okay, you can split that, and I'll be cool with that. At least the, the two games in L.A. are two days apart, so they're not traveling, per se, uh, when they uh, play the Clippers and then the next game after that, the Lakers, they're actually beating L.A. So um, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, I get it. I get it. I definitely get it. So it, throughout the, verse, the road stretch, theoretically, I would say split that Phoenix-Clippers uh, game, however you do it. That, I think that's where you split that to maintain what you're saying, trying yeah. to get to that five games with the 500. I, 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 I was actually thinking the same exact thing because I, because I figured, you know, we'll probably drop the game against Phoenix and then, you know, we'll play, you, you know, we'll be in LA and then, you know, I think, I think we can beat the Clippers and then, you know, the game against the Lakers, that will be, you know, that'll be a, somewhat of a test depending if LeBron and, 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 and street close plays or not. And, um, um, again, looking at the schedule, I mean, it's it is crazy. And Dom, you, you know, to your point, we you're absolutely right. We did we have not had a back to back game where we stayed at the Garden. Um, the closest thing to that that we're going to have is coming up is when Milwaukee comes to, uh, comes to New York on the 23rd. We play them on the 23rd, then we play them again on Christmas Day um, at the Garden as well. So that's the, and that will close out the season series between us and the Milwaukee Bucks. Hopefully, we can win we can win both of those. Um, but 
This is gonna be a tough. This is gonna be a tough test, and and, and, and I really think that you know um, we're really gonna get a, a much more better idea because we're you know we're crossing into the you know the twenty twenty five game mark. Um, you know when we really start to understand you know who it is that the Knicks are or who they're trying to be, and um, as Steve, as you've been being in, beating it you know in our heads throughout the entire episode. The Knicks have to be the Knicks. They cannot be, you know, uh, you know, this up and down running gun team that they're definitely not capable of being. So let's let's scroll around real quick for final thoughts, Steve. Let's start off with you. Final thoughts for you. I was disappointed on how they executed in Milwaukee. I haven't been annoyed at a, this current crop of Knicks games or team probably since the tenure of Tom Thibodeau, the way they went about it. I just don't get it. I just don't understand the philosophy. As far as what Knicks fans, I'm not paying attention to what they're saying. I, I respectfully disagree worrying about contracts in December. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the team first. My thing is figuring out how to beat the team that's been beating us consistently, whether they have – Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, Adam Bochamp, uh, backup point guards. They lose Grayson Allen, bringing in campaign. They're still beating us. Uh, Jay Crowder was even playing, and then they bring in Malik Beasley. You know what I'm saying? It's still the same core that they have, and I'm I'm still annoyed. But I thought the Knicks and the Kings had something somewhat to prove, whether other teams cared about the Sippy Cup or not. And I definitely still want to get Dom's thoughts because I think Indiana showed a lot of people why I was kind of high on them early on in the year because they, they're they going to play their style of play. And I don't think Milwaukee can outscore them, to be honest with you. And, and, and it was a little let down for the Sacramento Kings because it's the same conversation with the Pelicans because when they're at full strength, they're a team that's almost like everybody's sleeping on. When they got Zion, they got Brandon Ingram, they got Trey Murphy, they got McCollum. Dolan Tunis, Herb Jones, and they got uh, Al, Al, what's his name? The kid, the kid from Christ the King, uh, uh, Alvarado. 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 Man, that's a nice team. That's a good team. Yeah. And the way they beat Sacramento, and the way they just never gave up the lead to that team who loves pace. Listen, man, I thought New Orleans and Indiana had a hell of a showing in this in-season tournament. That if when they're at their full strength. They, they're, they're teams that I think people need to pay attention to, and teams like the Knicks and the Kings drop the ball to me. Thank you very much, Bleed Blue. We'll be back next week, uh, right before the Utah game. Bleed Blue. Outstanding, outstanding. Dom, your final thoughts? Nothing, nothing's a cakewalk no more, guys. The, mm-hmm. the Eastern Conference, though, we may not be as loaded name-wise as the Western Conference. If Atlanta wins tonight, teams will be at or above 500. Go out west, the two damn near the two best teams in the league are Minnesota and OKC. There's no more cakewalks, guys. There's, there's very few lows in the schedule. Yes, you're going to have your Charlottes and your, your uh, Wizards and your, the Pistons, but all in all, guys, there's no more cakewalks. So that, to me, a little more watchable. The only thing, other than all the jokes, guys, I think the only mm-hmm. thing that upset me about the Sippy Cup is I have more faith in Orlando. Again, take it to the Sippy Cup. If I'm not mistaken, they're third in the Eastern Conference. And I told you all when the season started, guys, 
They were a playoff team, not a play-in team. They're doing it right. Everybody together. Hopefully they will because contracts will come up. But my, my final thought is, guys, there's, there's, there's no more cakewalk. Like Steve said, not just Milwaukee. you got to come with your lunch pail every night now. You can't have these letdowns. You, you can't. It's, it's just you got to play your game. you got to go out there and do your thing, no, no matter who you're playing. Because the teams have gotten better, fellas. I'm, I've waited for this for a long time because the NBA was always so unbalanced. We're finally developing balance and some competition. You ain't got time to be messing around, fellas. So, on that note, it's always a great pleasure to be may, with you guys, man. I love both of y'all. Let's go next. May, may I say something about the Magic? Because I was watching that game right before we got on. They were down double digits smoked. to Cleveland. They're still, they're, they're still down double digits, but they're only shooting five. I said it. Cinco. Five percent from three right now. Five? That ain't even that was possible. <laughs> unless, you, unless you make none, but uh, but yeah, they've been playing well, man. Is Franz Wagner is the guy that I didn't think he was gonna have you know, him and his brother Dom. I didn't think he would have some big games like he's having this year, and that's been the difference. I saw them last year when I was in Orlando. I, I started telling you not to not to drag up, but I started telling you last year, Steve, that this team is gonna be. They got, they probably got two of the best combination point guards in the league. Oh, Anthony's no joke, fellas. When he when he comes in, he brings his lunch pail. They're they're a very good team, good young coach. Said it before the season, guys. They ain't no playing team. Somebody gonna be upset, but the Magic is going to the playoffs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, um, to, 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 to that point, I have taken a look at um, at Orlando the last couple the last couple of days, and they kind of they kind of worry me, and you know, in, in, in kind of the same way as you know, Indiana's been kind of been worrying me, and I, and I'm honest with you, um, I'm I'm not scared of them. I'm just like I'm, I'm getting a little bit more amped up, you know, to, for the opportunity to play those two teams specifically. Um, but for my final thought is that the Knicks have to be the Knicks, just play it simple. And Knicks fans need to be real Knicks fans. And um, I know that from week to week, I'll you know I'm, I'll give like a little bit of a spiel about how it is to be a Knicks fan and, and what it really means to be a Knicks fan. And that is taking pride in your city, taking pride in uh, of, of, of the fact that we play at the world's most famous arena and, and we have the most diehard fans in the world, most intellectual fans, uh, you know, among the, among the entire nation. And um, honestly, if you don't support the, you know, the players that are on this team, then you're not a Knicks fan. Plain and simple. You're just not. You're an NBA fan. You just happen to watch the Knicks a lot. And, you know, we may have to sit, you know, sit back and, and, and redefine the term fan again because it seems like every other, every year or every couple of years, Steve and I will have to sit down and we'll have to actually, you know, define to you what a fan is because Nick's Twitterverse, it's a fickle beast. And um, I really got to get well, off that thing. But, we, we need to do a show, uh, objective fan, i.e. yours truly, Versus delusional fans. There's different levels of fans. I mean, you could be a diehard fan, be on there all day talking about, uh, I don't know, uh, Carmelo Anthony is the greatest Nick of all time, talking crazy. Like, you could be delusional like that. Or you could say, hey, man, we I know who we got, and this is our team, and 
We're, we're what, fifth in the Eastern Conference? That's exactly where I think we could or should be. Our ceiling would be the conference uh, top seed in the conference if Grimes performed, if Mitch Robinson developed an offensive game. But until they show that, we are middle of the pack Eastern Conference team. You've got to remember one thing, guys, when it yeah. comes to this social media shit. What people are trying to do is push a narrative. If the Knicks lose, I was right. They're a mid-team. They're, they're not that good. So it, it's not back in the days like for us, guys, even us now at our age. We're Knicks fans. High water. A, 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 a blowout loss, blowout win, we're Knicks fans. We don't have a narrative. We're not pushing something except talking Knicks. We're not pushing, hey, Steve, I don't think the Knicks are a top eight seed. And if we do become a top six seed, all of a sudden you change. Don't do that, guys. That's the one thing I always loved about y'all. We shoot from the hip, we shoot straight, and we move on. We don't have a narrative. We're not we're not hoping the Knicks lose so I could be right tomorrow morning, Steve. We don't do that. We take the wins and we take the L's the same way we do each one of them. We we don't do that, and that's why I've always loved you guys after all these years. And I don't get involved with that shit. I saying I did for a minute, and I found myself getting a little too worked up. And I said, no, nah, this shit ain't real life, man. Why am I getting worked up over some fool's ass comment? No, I can't do it. I'm a Knicks fan. We're all Knicks fans. I, you know, they can get blown out by 55 tonight. Been on tomorrow, still talking about what happened, and then still say we're Knicks fans. Again, we're not selling nothing here. We're just talking basketball. And that's what I love. And that's kind of the point of of of, 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 of kind of my you know my spiel almost every single time that you know that, that I go on these things, and really the one thing you know, if if we're just talking basketball, playing basketball, plain and simple, Quentin Grimes needs to show up. Mitchell Robinson needs to give me more. If you're not going to score, you need to rebound the ball. R.J. Barrett is being R.J. Barrett, and it's nothing. And I'm not terribly surprised. Um, Jalen Brunson, he's doing what, what he can, but this season for some reason has been a little bit more shakier than you know than last season. I don't know what it is. It's kind of annoying me, but I'm gonna still you know I'm, I'm gonna still rock with my team. Julius Randle, great game last night. Too bad we lost, and we lost to the Milwaukee Bucks, who's the same team that, 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 that Steve is saying. What do we do to fix them? Well, we'll find out on, on the 23rd and the 25th when we play them in Madison Square Garden over the holidays. But until then, let's let's you know let's hope that you know first step. Let's hope that they, that they come into Boston on Friday night and they bust their ass because we've been we're due for a game in Boston. Well, we bust their ass. Kind of like give them, put them back in reality that they're not, they're they're not automatically the the perennial Eastern Conference championship contender that everyone, that a lot of a lot of people will like to give it. In in the meantime, keep bleeding your orange and blue. Keep wearing your orange and blue. Keep screaming and yelling your orange and blue till the day you die. Because Nickelbacker, Dom, Steve, and Live, wherever you are, you missed a hell of a good one today. And, of course, the other stakeholders on, on this platform, thank you very much for downloading this episode on Podcast Podcast Republic. Tune in your Stitcher app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and and Blog Talk Radio, of course. And this is Nick Abaka signing out. God bless you. Good night. And we'll see you next week, folks.
A finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like six. A finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like six. A finger to the rest, here we go for the next. It's like Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.